1: plug in and get
0: connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel
1: insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia episode 23. This one is planning an Asian honeymoon and this is something I have a lot of personal experience with and it's one of those things that much like people's wedding, I think they they know they're only going to do in theory one of them in their lives. And they want every single part to be perfect, and that can create a lot of stress. So today we're going to talk a bit about how to best approach a honeymoon to avoid any uh, ups and downs that are not in bed nature on your trip, and to make the most of your time. So uh, this is Scott Coates from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and with me as always is Trevor Ranges. Hey Scott, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I had a nice mountain bike ride in the jungle here this morning, and uh, just did some brunch, uh, great day, and now we get to chat to, uh, travel.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess honeymoon's a bit more of uh, your expertise, having been on one already, whereas uh, <laughs> I've been on a lot of honeymoons with myself that, that have been quite romantic. But that's kind of funny, and then this is a good episode perhaps to do, because when I travel a lot, I do get to stay in some really nice resorts and go to some really romantic places, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think that I have some insight on uh, places to go and, and how to enjoy it, but uh, I think you do
1: too. Yeah, I, I, you know, with my former travel company, I actually planned and executed a lot of honeymoons, and then I had my own, and I know that this is one that you said, ooh, you have a little more experience, but having planned it a bit together now and talked, there's sort of some things that came to mind for both of us that, A, can just avoid some hiccups, and then we also realized, man, there's a lot of little neat spots, hotels, activities that are good to share, and this one's pretty cool because we actually have a Talk Travel Asia listener, Amy Hulk, I hope I said your name right, she sent us a message and said, Love the show. Can you do a honeymoon episode? So this one is for you, Amy. Uh, Trevor, why don't you tell us a bit about our sponsor today?
0: Oh, Our sponsor today is Greg's Bangkok Travel App. It's an iPhone app made by our friend Greg Jorgensen, who's quite a bit of an expert here on things to do in Bangkok. And he collaborated with some friends to create an iPhone app where he leads you around different neighborhoods in the city uh, with a little map on the app and then an audio explanation where he leads you from site to site, telling you the history of the places as you walk around.
1: Yeah, it's really slick and I know that you bought it and I bought it as well, you know, full disclosure, Greg's a, a close friend, but I think he's got like about a dozen different tours in different parts of the city and it's only like three bucks and, and they're pretty darn good. I know that we talked about the Mana one a few episodes again, but it, it's slick. It's it's a good way to spend three bucks, especially if you're going to be on your own, you throw on some headphones and, and you'll get a lot of value too. So thanks very much for Greg for sponsoring the episode and uh, you can find the address for that app in the show notes. So, Trevor, uh, why don't you kick us off? Well, what should we talk about here and how to, how to approach a honeymoon sort of before you even leave home?
0: You know, we, we talked a bit about this uh, when we were brainstorming the idea whether or not to give general advice or more specific advice. And uh, you know what I came up with? I said that in regards to both planning uh, and budgeting, I, I think you don't really wanna take any major risks here. Um, I think you should get some solid recommendations from where to stay, and splurge a bit if you must. You know, like normally my normally my advice is to book a hotel just for the first two nights, and then move if the first place doesn't meet your standards. But here I'd say you know it's your honeymoon. I think you're better off like trying to get a place where you're gonna stay. For the remainder of your time, unless you're traveling around, but to have things pre-booked. And then I think with that, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be five star if that's not your style, but you should really get a trustworthy recommendation from a friend or a relative or, or a business associate who has been there recently, not taking the advice of TripAdvisor who, you know, you don't even know who's recommending this stuff and it might turn out to not be as nice as you like and then you might end up having an argument over whether or not you should stay. So I say get a really good recommendation for where to stay um, such as some of the ones we're going to give you here today.
1: Yeah, you know, on the hotel front, I, I totally agree with you. Like coming to, let's just call it a new or strange, exciting part of the world that you maybe don't have experience with and it being your honeymoon, like you want those first few days to be Bulletproof and just to really love where you are and have no stress You could take a chance a little later in the holiday But I totally agree with you at the start getting somewhere solid that you're gonna love is key and sort of one of the things You know, we're, we're gonna talk about and I really recommend is that you got to plan this thing and, and I don't mean to make it a lot of work but just kind of again liken it to the wedding everyone has their idea that perfect honeymoon in their head and I think you can do a lot of quick, let's call it work, but it should be actual fun and good planning together before long, before you even leave home to make sure you're both on the same page, that you're both interested in the same thing, that you have the same picture of this honeymoon. You are thinking of the same activities. You may be in line on budget and where you want to go. So, so like, I mean, talking through and planning your trip long before will ensure that when you hit the ground, you've already kind of gone through the potential bumps. Nobody's going to say, well, I didn't know you wanted to do all that activity or, you know, I actually wanted something a little more luxury. I mean, get through it at the beginning. And and one of those big ones I think is budget and and money. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Again, I think even just thinking about it, like planning it, you know there's going to be some arguments during the planning phase, mm-hmm. um, but but you're better off arguing about it before you go than when you get there. Oh, right? yeah. Like the, the last thing you want to be arguing about on your honeymoon is how much things cost. You know, I think you should uh, prepare to, to spend a little bit more than you would normally spend on a holiday, yeah. um, but set aside some reserve cash just for splurging every once in a while. You don't want to be pinching pennies over dinner or, or bickering over how much the bill costs at a restaurant or anything like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think working through how much money you have in total for your honeymoon and then seeing is that money actually going to cover what you want to do? And then you know what kind of things do you maybe want to splurge on activity wise or shopping so that again, you just like you said, you know going in and, and there's just no reason to fight about it. And then another factor is is you know time. I, I often think longer isn't necessarily better. Like yes, okay, the flight from the West from Europe or North America to Asia is quite far. But I mean, honeymoon really literally can't last forever. So I often think, you know, it's good to come over and go home almost wanting a little more, right? Like I remember seeing a, a live band once and he played for two and a half hours. And I remember always wondering why bands kind of stopped about two hours. And I think it's because it leaves you wanting a bit more. So honeymoon's a good time too to, to go and have a good amount of time, but come home almost wanting a bit more having a great feeling, but really dial down exactly how much time you have for this trip.
0: Yeah, I think also when we're talking about time, um, if people are coming to Asia for their first time, uh, sometimes they're, they're caught unawares that it it can be difficult getting from a to b to c Um, a little Mm -hmm. bit later i mentioned like adding vietnam to your asia tour and uh, vietnam's a relatively large country and it takes a while to get from a to b to c and if you're gonna throw in a side trip to cambodia side trip to thailand you might end up spending a lot of your honeymoon on buses or in airports or you know kind of wasting some valuable time that you could be relaxing. Um, so I think later when we give some specific advice, I think you'll notice that we don't recommend trying to see everything. You know, you should try to, you know, again, plan it out a little bit, but relax a bit more and, and not try to do and see everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do not rush it. Another thing, and, and I mean, I'm this, I'm giving myself away as a person that's mainly organized at times, but make lists, you know, and I think a good exercise is, is, is make lists separately. Like actually Say, you know what, let's meet tomorrow night and let's talk about what we think we want to do and and make a list before. And that way you can sit down together and and kind of really hear like, hey, what, what what do you want to do? Like maybe one person has this idea they want to go to eight different locations. The other one thinks too and wants to sit on a completely remote quiet beach and the other one wants to do Thai boxing, but then it turns out the spouse has no idea. So kind of make lists separately about where you want to go and do and dreams And then sit together and go over those and kind of then hone it down to something you can both live with. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, and I think with your, your list there, if you're going to do it that way, I think you should kind of separate what, what you absolutely must see on your vacation versus what you would mm-hmm. simply like to see. And then yeah, when you compare compared. those, like if, if there's similarities in must-sees, or again, marriage is about uh, making compromises, right? So, okay, I'll sure go is. see one of your must-sees, and, and you come and see one of my must-sees, and then maybe you'd be like, you know, these other things we'd like to see, you know, maybe we could do those for our five-year anniversary.
1: Yeah, are you sure you haven't been married before? <laughs>
0: Um, no, it's just you know common travel sense I think as well, and uh, you know again we, we talked about getting good advice on, on where to stay and what to do, asking your friends uh, who have been to those destinations what that experience is like because you know people are like oh I must go see elephants let's say right. And uh, maybe people have different experiences or expectations. Maybe somebody went to... You know, there's lots of kind of touristy elephant camps here in yeah. in Thailand. And, and some people are like, wow, it's awesome. It's an elephant. But then other people might be like, oh, these poor creatures, you know. So mm. I think it's, it's good to really understand what your friends are recommending and and how you might have a different opinion from them before you commit yourself to spending a day of your vacation feeling bad for captive elephants.
1: Yeah, you nailed that one. I, I don't think I could say it better myself. And you mentioned time earlier and that's something I just want to add to and touch on is add up the time because I mean if you come from America or Canada with these huge countries You look at the map maybe of Southeast Asia and you think, oh, well, Vietnam's just really close to Thailand. Or even, you know, hey, Chiang Mai's not far from Koh Samui. But the reality is I always like to think you're going to lose at least half a day every time you move somewhere. You know, check out of the hotel, get a taxi, go to the airport, check in, wait, fly, get your bags. So although maybe the flight's only an hour and a quarter, you're, you're definitely losing like six hours every time you move. So if you're If you're planning to go to a whole ton of places, you might quickly find literally you're spending half your vacation traveling and and you want to avoid that.
0: Yeah, for sure, And, and you know, speaking of that, it can be stressful traveling no matter what, whether you're on your honeymoon or not. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, dealing with the stressful situations, it's actually kind of a a good thing here in Thailand that they have cheap massage parlors everywhere. (laughs) And you might want to make sure to put on your, your to-do list, like get lots of massages because I mean, anytime the two of you get stressed out, you know, try and be like, Hey, let's pop into a massage parlor, get a foot massage, get a back rub. And, uh, it'll probably put again pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, that's a a great point. How to handle stress. And I know That when I traveled in my backpacker days, I always had a thing like, if you get off a bus and there's a whole bunch of touts there, like sit down somewhere and have a Coke for 15 minutes and let, let all the confusion pass. So have it like actually talk about, Hey, if we're in a stressful moment or we're not sure what to do, we're being pressured. Yeah. What do we do? Like your massage idea is great. Or say, Hey, sit down and have a Coke somewhere. Just, yeah. Think about little techniques to make sure you avoid those. Now, Something I wanted to ask you, Trevor, because, I mean, I was in the travel business, but do you think there's there's real value or people should consider enlisting an expert to help them plan this at, at times? Or, or is a honeymoon something you should just do on your own? Like, how do you weigh this out? Um, I don't know. You know... If we were going to do
0: an episode about uh, tours and then I realized that I actually had never been on many tours now <laughs> I, I had done some work with uh, you guys back in the day at Smiling Albino and yeah. uh, I know that you guys had some great packages just for this type of thing so like I would certainly trust Smiling Albino to put together a uh, little tour for me but I was even hoping for this episode that we could get a guest who was an expert in planning honeymoons specifically mm. because I think that could be really helpful because again like this is an important trip and you do want it to go smoothly. So I, I, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to talk to a reputable agent to find out you know some more honest information about particular destinations or hotels or whatnot, at least just in the brainstorming phase. You don't necessarily need to, to book with them, but I would talk to some people uh, to get some advice.
1: Yeah, n- not a bad idea. and I think if there's a, a more intricate part of your trip or a part of your trip, that you really want to be absolutely perfect and logistically might be tough for you to do, then that's worth enlisting. But kind of our our last point to touch on before we share some of our favorites is once you've gone through all the exercises we've just kind of mentioned, I think it's really good to kind of make a a timeline and divide tasks. Because again, you know, I know having been married, you know, one person could say, oh man, I'm always doing the dishes and cleaning up like you got to help out, or I'm always doing this go into this as well, knowing what expectations are. You don't want one person to feel like, man, I've just been burdened and shouldered with planning this whole thing. So it's good to actually sit down. Like often one person in the couple really loves booking the tickets and planning it. So they're quite happy to do it, but at least be clear about that and and make sure again, expectations are managed and that you're both helping sharing kind of the workload of planning this thing. Agreed. Okay, so let's get into our picks. I know you and I have seen a ton of places. And I think the first one in our favorites category, we were going to talk about most romantic beach. And and you put in some really good points here, so maybe you could kick this off.
0: Yeah, I thought when we were talking about beaches, uh, again, having spent a lot of my life in Hawaii and doing a lot of my travel writing about beaches and islands, I think uh, two important factors to consider are what level of touristy versus off the beaten path you're looking for Mm -hmm. and what your expectations of a beautiful beach are. Um, the analogy for me was that some people come to Hawaii and they love Waikiki Beach. Um, and some people come to Hawaii and they hate Waikiki Beach. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's your first trip to Asia, you might be unhappy with a really beautiful but remote island if you have difficulty, say, eating local food. Yeah. Um, you know, like whereas some people will go to Koh Samui to Chowang Beach, which is actually quite a nice beach, but they hate the fact that there's so many tourists there.
1: Yeah. I know that we went through this with, again, when I worked in in travel and, you know, strangely enough, the beach portion, planning the beach portion was always the most difficult part, but I think everyone assumes it's going to be the easiest because there are really not that many places where your room is right on the beach and you open the door, you look out the window and boom, there it is. And I would find people have this picture and that's the one you've got to set realistically. So yeah, it's worth thinking like do you really want to be on a completely isolated quiet bay where you're going to have to eat at the hotel restaurant all the time? Or do you want to be able to go out and stroll kind of a a night market area and have a choice of a few night spots and different restaurants? Or do you want a place that's got some like kind of outdoor activity? So it's really worth considering all those factors. And also a lot of the high-end resorts, especially in places like Phuket and some in Koh Samui, are like up on hills. So like Often to get to the beach, you got to ride a little golf buggy like multiple minutes down. So it's really important to make sure you know what you're getting into and, and truly what you, you want with your beach. So that said, Trevor, what are just some of your kind of favorite beaches for people to consider for a honeymoon?
0: Well, you know, if people are into something touristy and they want to come to Thailand, let's say, I would mm-hmm. choose I would choose Samui over Phuket, simply because the island is a bit easier to, to get around. It's right. a little bit smaller, but it's just much easier to, to get from A to B. Okay. I think Chiwang Beach, there's a great variety of restaurants and bars. Um, there's lots of drinking and dining options and walking distance Um, but again there are lots of people there so if you're looking for something a little bit more off the beaten path Mm -hmm. I would say the beaches of Ranong uh, Kot Payam and Kot Pratong, which we talked about in our somewhat secret beaches of Asia episode so you can have a listen to that if you want to learn more about it but if you go to Kot Payam or you go to Kot Pratong, like there's far far fewer nightlife attractions very few restaurant options Um, but you Know, these more remote beaches are less developed but they're more beautiful too yeah, um, yeah absolutely you, you mentioned you mentioned riley beach uh, in the notes and i think riley beach is beautiful and i go there often mm-hmm. um but but the beach itself and the water are, are far from pristine like absolutely if you're if you're into scuba diving and you're trying to choose between the maldives or, or thailand you might be disappointed going to riley or call pp where people go diving mm-hmm. um i think that the islands, the national parks off of Thailand, the Similan and Surin Islands, they have live-aboard dive boats you can do. If you're into diving, that's a much better option than going to super crazy crowded Kalt Phi or Kalt Tao.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I put Riley Bay down and I agree, the beach isn't the best, nor is the water. And whether you actually stay on Riley Bay or maybe you stay around the corner at Aonang, I think that area, seeing those carts, uh, little islands and cliffs and, and being around them for a couple of days is fantastic so kind of Riley Bay slash Aonan for the I mean just you're not going to get that scenery in too many other places that comes right out of the water goes up a couple hundred feet you can rent kayaks off the beach and then what I like about that area is you go 20-30 minutes north and there's a beautiful little beach called Tubkak and at this beach there's actually a place called the Tubkak Resort and that to me is one of the best value for money Probably gets up to be about 200 U.S. a night at certain times of the season, but it's a very nice, comfortable resort. Their beach is beautiful, and it looks directly out into the Hong group of islands. So just flying down to Gabi, you could spend a few nights in kind of the busier areas like Aonang, hit Riley Bay, be around lots of people, and then just buzz up 30 minutes by car to Tukkek and have this really quiet, romantic, Kind of part, so that that's the one I kind of really like to, to get bust of both worlds without flying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I again I love Riley Beach. We go down there to stay at the Riley Beach Club, mm. which is you rent these little private homes that are all made out of wood. Um, again, they don't have air conditioning, so if you're looking for something a little swankier, you know, the Tubcac or the Rayawadi, which is Rayawadi's probably got the nicest beachfront area. Yeah, they start at the 700
1: US and I too, though. So bring your uh, platinum card
0: yeah but I, again like if if you just came from the caribbean and then you're coming to riley beach you might be a little disappointed in the beach itself and, and in the water so yeah. uh you know like if you're into diving similar or surin Islands, probably better if you're into rock climbing riley beach is just spot on
1: yeah absolutely well i think without intending to we've ended up kind of focusing on thailand a lot so with that in mind what if we're going to do also the mountains or a country area where do you kind of like trevor
0: well you know I was thinking, when we were talking about beaches, thinking about Bali a bit. And, Mm. uh, you know, I really like... People go to Bali, they go to Ubud, and Ubud is a bit touristy, but there's lots of really nice upscale resorts and like uh, kind of hippie style yoga retreats there. Mm-hmm. And while the town is touristy, the surrounding countryside is spectacular, and you can see lots of cultural attractions like dancing and, and artistic communities, and uh, you could know, run up to the volcanoes. It's, it's just a really beautiful upcountry area. Um, I also, for Thailand, since we have been talking a lot about Thailand, was, was Chiang Rai. And I think that's one place you're probably going to pick. But I was thinking, uh, because the magazine I work at, we have a feature this month uh, where we talk about the Four Seasons Tented Camp. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to splash out, if you're going to splurge, if you want to go up country, the Four Seasons Tented Camp in Chiang Rai is, is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We had John Roberts, who's the... Antara elephants director and yeah. I think he's he set up that elephant mahout training program there Correct, so you can go to the Four Seasons and you can learn to, to be an elephant trainer and and it's just a, a spectacular Experience.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna pick one in Thailand and one near to Bali I just came back earlier this week from Lombok and I stayed on the west coast at an awesome place called Quincy and You can get in there for like hundred and twenty-five dollars a night the beach isn't the greatest beach it has a bit of a surf break good for beginners but the resort is is gorgeous, it's run really, really well, they've got three pools, tons of nice chairs, and incredible food, so that would be like a really good place, I'll throw that back into the beach, but then, yeah, absolutely, Chiang Rai province, the northernmost province in Thailand, um, I agree with you for the Mahouts. you know, the Anantara, um, John and his team that do the Mahout experience there, it, it's about as good as it gets. And then just about 45 minutes from there, I love one. Like, it's not on international standard. It's like a Thailand four-star, but it's called U Chai Sai Resort. And as long as you go in, you know, and you're all right with having a few bugs maybe in your room because you're in the country, in the jungle, and things, it's, it's an absolutely charming, nice little bamboo bungalows on the side of a small kind of mountain, more like a big hill. And that, to me, is just an awesome... Base to explore from and really quiet in a really special corner of, of that country.
0: Yeah. and. Another place that I'd like to mention, uh, although, you know, Chiang Rai, Chiang Rai is, I think, more beautiful than, than Chiang Mai, just because it's a little less touristy. Um, I'm not sure how touristy it is, but everyone who I've spoken with that has been to Sapa in northern Vietnam, has they've all said great things about it.
1: Yeah, I've, you know, I've never been there. I've threatened to, but our company used to send people there. And my business partner was in, touch, uh, in charge of that. And I think as long as the weather's right, it's the right time of year weather-wise, because it can get really cloudy and foggy and cold, then that would be a solid mountain option. So moving into kind of maybe sports or, or more, you know, getting the heart going outdoors, what do you think are some good things for couples to consider in, in the
0: region? Well, I mean, aside from the, the Mahout training program that we just talked about at the Four Seasons in Chiang Rai, yeah. there's also an elephant program in Mondulkiri in wow. Cambodia right. that uh, I'll put a link to in the, in the show notes. That's a really cool kind of rough it, but get into nature with elephants uh, style place. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of a, a warning, perhaps. Um, I, I was going to suggest that people who are interested in learning to scuba dive together, mm-hmm. might w- they might want to reconsider doing it on their honeymoon unless... They're both really comfortable in and around the water. Uh-huh. Um,
1: have you, do you dive, Scott? Yeah, I, I do. I But, you know, when you said this, I may have different reasons. I never thought about it, but, like, you spend a lot of time watching videos and reading books and doing little tests. And, you know, that's probably three days of it. You I, I wouldn't want to do that on your honeymoon.
0: Right. Yeah. I didn't think of that aspect too. You're right. That could be a bit boring. I just, I've done a lot of diving and I've been around people who are doing their dive certification courses. And sometimes people have problems equalizing or they don't feel comfortable going underwater. And sometimes those people end up crying and maybe if they're not that upset, they still don't want to go down. And if their, if their fiance or husband is their buddy, then it kind of ruins the experience for that person. And while it's nobody's fault, if they don't feel comfortable going underwater, I I think it's a little bit risky in regards to having a smooth, seamless honeymoon.
1: Yeah, totally agree. So I think we're both on the same page with a mahout experience. I mean, should have something with elephants together. Um, One I I really like is I'm I'm a big bike enthusiast. So I guess only if you're a biker. I mean, Southeast Asia, especially pretty much every major center has some company doing something on a bike. So whether it's just a relaxing, exploring the inner city walls of, say, Chiang Mai on a simple little Village bike to you know an off-road single track trip for a while. I think biking is a pretty cool way to not only see the area kind of literally at street level, but you know have a have a pretty neat time together as well, doing a wee bit of athletics.
0: Yeah, and another one that's fun to do together over here uh, is a cooking class. Uh, yeah in, in Thailand, in Bali, in Cambodia, even in Laos. Um, a lot of the hotels and uh, just nearby hotels, like a hotel can recommend one for you, um, take a local cooking class. It's, it's a lot of fun. You go to a market in the morning, you get to learn a little bit about the culture and the cuisine, and then you get to have a good time making some food together, and then you get to eat uh, locally made lunch. So I think this is a great option for maybe people who are a little squeamish about eating like local street food perhaps, but here, you know, you're going to do it yourself. You're going to be in a clean environment and you're going to get to learn something and and bring the recipe book home so that you can cook for each other uh, in the future.
1: Yeah. Now thinking about how to, to bring out some real romance in a hotel, like somewhere you want to just spend a bit of time being at the hotel and obviously probably a bit more money. Um, let's let's kind of share a couple. And one that comes to mind for me, I mean, you got to have s- some change to do this one. I think it starts at about twelve hundred US a night, but includes all food. Is I really liked Songsa, and Songsa is on the southwest of uh, Cambodia, uh, very exclusive resort, stilted kind of rooms over the sea, and they blast you out in a speedboat. World class food, pool villas, like it's it's awesome I mean, just to sit there for a few days. And, and be and enjoy your villa and paddle a little boat around that to me is is an awesome one but you, you got to really take a lot of money and another one I love is completely part is uh, a different part of the area Kathmandu uh, Dwaraka's Dwaraka's is kind of the original kind of real boutique hotel uh, in Kathmandu it gets quite busy now but it's almost like staying in a museum and To explore Kathmandu but stay there is just absolutely magical. You feel like you're in the Himalayan Kingdom, it's it's great.
0: That sounds pretty awesome. I'd like to check that one out. Um, it's interesting because, you know, as a travel writer, I've literally reviewed thousands of hotels, and, and maybe there's too many for me to choose from right now because um, I can't think of any, like, mm-hmm. one that stands out. But but certainly I think it's going to matter, like, where, where you want to go. I mean, like I said, I've never been to the Maldives before, but I can only imagine the Maldives would be cool for a honeymoon if you want to stay in some super just gorgeous villa and spend your entire honeymoon in bed together and then in the water and then back to the you know swimming pool or not a swimming pool but like a bathtub or something like that yeah there's certainly a lot of really romantic resorts that are in more remote places that are spectacularly beautiful but i would recommend those only if you're just gonna just spend the time alone together you know the the whole time i think i'll list some in the show notes some of my favorite romantic honeymoon places uh, so that'll give people incentive to, to check out the show notes on the website
1: yeah, okay. Well, we're going to kind of share our dream honeymoon trip. But before we get to that, like, I think we, we both chatted and sort of agreed, like, if you just say got a couple of weeks with flying to Asia and back home, probably don't really want to do more than two countries in that trip. So if, if you were going to pick two countries in the region to travel, what would they be?
0: Again, both have, you and I have spent so much time here in Thailand uh, that some of our episodes can be a little Thailand-centric, if you will. Yeah. Um, but Thailand is just a really convenient place to, to start out because there's so many international flights that fly into Bangkok, right? Um, and then from Bangkok, it's really easy if you want to go to Myanmar or if you want to go to Vietnam or if you want to go to Cambodia. They're, they're all just a super short flight away. So, so yeah. I think I think Thailand definitely is a good place to to. Go if you want to combine it with another country. And then I think Cambodia is a great place to go because you can fly directly to Siem Reap, and you can spend a couple of days at the Angkor temples. And, I mean, obviously the Angkor temples are one of my favorite places in the world, um, but they're just so convenient to get to from Bangkok. Whereas a lot of people would like to go to Vietnam, but you need to get your Vietnam visa in advance, so you would right, definitely have to right. plan your Vietnam-Thailand trip ahead of time, like time-wise. Whereas both Thailand and Cambodia, you can get visa on arrival. So if you're more into like, Oh, let's just wing it a little bit. I think Thailand and Cambodia are a good pair because you'd be like, Oh, let's stay a couple extra days here at the beach in Thailand before we go to Vietnam. You can't do that. Whereas you can be like, all right, let's just change our flight to to Cambodia and we'll just get the visa when we get there.
1: Yeah. I think you nailed it. Thailand, travel has been established for so long there. They have some really nice hotels. Ones that have been running for a long time, Hospitality is legendary. You can experience the crazy city that is Bangkok. You can have a, a mountain elephant experience, great beaches, and I totally agree with Cambodia. Like if you've got lots of time, I mean I love Phnom Penh, the capital, for spoiling yourself and drinking and eating. But the temples of Angkor, to add that one on is a no-brainer. So I, I totally agree. Thailand and Cambodia, those are your, those are your really two best bets. So hey, you've never been married, you've never planned a honeymoon, but if you had to, I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do, obviously, but what would sort of your quick honeymoon dream trip be, Trevor?
0: You know, it's funny, uh, immediately, whatever, comes to mind when I'm like, oh, where would I go for a honeymoon? I think I would actually go back to Hawaii because, mm. you know, before I before I moved to, to Thailand, uh, I had a job that flew me to all the other islands uh, every month, and it, I, I would just love to do some island hopping back there. Otherwise, I think my idea of a honeymoon would be to go someplace new, you know, and uh, right. I would want to do some exploring because I'm more of a wing it kind of exploring kind of guy. Um, that said, if I had to give someone advice for where to go for a honeymoon... Um, I think I would. I think I would pick Bali as a great Asian honeymoon destination. Mm. Um, simply because it's got that really good balance of both touristy and less developed areas. Um, so depending on who you are, I think Bali can cater to you really well. Uh, The Seminyak and Canggu areas of uh, the touristy part of Bali Mm -hmm. um, have a lot of nice resorts, restaurants, and bars. You can stay in a a Balinese-style villa for a reasonable price. Or you can splash out and stay at a beachfront hotel like the Hotel Tugu, which is just spectacular. Or if you're into yoga, there's a place called Villa Serenity, and those are both in the Canggu area. Um, if you need some beach time, then you can go up to Ubud, you can get some Balinese culture. There was a resort up there called the Hanging Gardens Resort, which is part of the Orient Express group. It's, it's gorgeous. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and then you, if you're into sports and activities, you could go up to the volcanoes, do some hiking, biking, rafting. Um, and if you're into snorkeling, diving, you can go up to Ahmed. The, the diving and snorkeling in Bali is much better than it is here in Thailand. Um, and if you want to do some surfing and snorkeling, diving, you can go to this little island called Nusa Lumbongan, which is right next to Bali. Mm-hmm. And just pop over there for a few days. You can go snorkeling with manta rays. Uh, it's spectacular. So uh, I think Bali would be a great all-around destination because the island is fairly compact and there's a, a wide variety of things to do that could cater to all sorts of different kind of people.
1: Man, you nailed it. Take me.
0: <laughs> I'm going in two weeks for
1: <laughs> Okay, well, you know, I'm gonna repeat a lot of stuff we've already talked about on this, but assuming somebody really hasn't been to this part of the world, uh, Southeast Asia, two weeks, I'm gonna say land in Bangkok and spend three nights here. A, it helps you get over the jet lag, your flight is likely gonna touch down here anyway, so get yourself a really nice, comfortable, well-located hotel, and just wander, stroll, see a couple of the key temples, maybe take a cooking course, And have lots of massage and get over the jet lag and just kind of get into the Asian groove. Then uh, head to northern Thailand. Uh, Chiang Rai, again, is my pick. You could move it around a bit area to area. Maybe a few nights at the Sai, quiet in the mountains. Maybe slide over for an elephant experience at the Anantara or the Four Seasons, as you suggested. And then fly over to Siem Reap, Cambodia. And at least four nights there. And I love, like, really love Shintamani and Heritage Suites there. There's lots of great hotels. But those two are, are both really nice. They don't, they don't break the budget too much. And uh, get out there, see some temples. And, again, that's a place where, I mean, you can do lots of massage. You can hit some neat shops for shopping. You can ride quads, horses, bikes, and, of course, do all that around the temples. Now, if you have a fat, fat wallet, uh, head to Songsa, and Songsa I already mentioned in southwestern Cambodia. And if you can't do that, head uh, down to Kabi area in Thailand and do both Ao Nang or Riley Bay, and then head up to Tukak for a few nights. And I think that gets you in right around your two weeks, and you'll go home wanting to come back with lots of stuff that you found you're interested in and you've heard about, and you want to go on, and you can start planning the next
0: trip. Hey, can I throw on a couple of suggestions there with your trip? Yeah. Uh, one thing is I just came back from Siem Reap, and uh, the Shintamani Hotel now has a night market on Saturday and Sundays. Oh, cool. And it's great. So if you're going to plan your trip to Siem Reap for your honeymoon, make sure you're in town if you stay at the uh, go or go over to the Shintamani during the weekend and check out their night market because uh, it's all like NGO, nonprofit, social enterprise, handicrafts and, and cooking and, and stuff like that. And, and it's really cool. The other thing is just that now they do have direct flights from Siem Reap to the Sihanoukville, the coast of Cambodia, where right, Song Sa right. is located. So so that's actually pretty convenient now that you could do Bangkok, um, you could go up north there, then you could fly from Bangkok to Siem Reap for a few days, and then you could fly from Siem Reap to Sihanoukville for a few days. And then I think uh, to get back to Thailand, you might have to go through Phnom Penh, so you might as well go to Phnom Penh to check out the National Museum there for a day. And I think you'd have a really interesting trip uh, if you put together those two countries and those destinations
1: yeah absolutely well trevor i've been on a honeymoon uh, i want to do another one but it's going to be with the same lady you now have a bit more info for when and if you ever have yours but uh, yeah i might
0: get married just to go on my honeymoon now
1: yeah well you can always do it and then i guess i don't know i think you have a few weeks to annul, right, or a month so you could do the honeymoon I could
0: could go on a honeymoon every year
1: (laughs) you're golden well (laughs) thanks uh, for everyone for listening to this one and we really appreciate you suggesting to do this topic so from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia this is Scott Coates saying talk to you in two weeks
0: and this is Trevor Ranges in Bangkok, Thailand and uh, we look forward to sharing
1: uh, Travel Tales with you soon thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia we look forward to sharing with you again soon Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Gamecore Tom and